0: It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is The Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. Hello again, everybody,
1: and welcome in to The Daily Score. I am Mark Grody. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. We appreciate you subscribing and following us and listening to us, whether it is through audio or visual Love the interaction that I've seen on YouTube, so I appreciate you guys listening to the Daily Score. We're getting close, man. We're getting close. Like Every day that passes as it pertains to the Bears and all the things that we're talking about is huge because it means we're getting closer to a potential answer. There's even stuff floating around that we may know the Bears' direction by the time the Combine comes up, which is next week. At this at this time, about next week, we will have spoken to Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and all the Bears people that they let us talk to at the Combine. And then the next day, we will be seeing and talking to the prospects. So... This stuff is starting to get real. We all have an opinion on the proper avenue. And that's what I've been doing lately on the podcast. Getting people on. So what we're gonna do and find out what they think the Chicago Bears should do. The person that I want to do that with today is Mark Carmen from CHGO. Ray Diaz, bring me Mark Carmen. There, there he is. There he is. <laughs> Mark Carmen from CHGO and from so many other places and from WGN. You're still doing the WGN radio thing too, yeah? Uh,
0: Marco, I am. I appreciate you having me. You know, let's, let's, uh, I, I try to be as big of a media whore as possible. So WGN, <laughs> Fox 32, NBC Sports Chicago. I love every outlet in town. I love you, WSCR 670 to the score. Been begging to host a show there for 10 years. Can't get it done. But, uh, you know, I love everybody, baby. I am Switzerland, media Switzerland, Carm.
1: Oh, now I'm thinking about it. You said you've been trying to get a job at the score for 10 years. Maybe I'm going to get in trouble for having you on the Daily Score today. This better be good, man.
0: <laughs> Mitch Rosen's thrilled I'm here. I know he is. I just, <laughs> I, I just saw him in Vegas. We we had an enjoyable uh greeting. He was hanging out, so I, I think Mitch is thrilled that I'm here right now.
1: I think you're right. I think Mitch loves the car, so I think this is going to work out perfectly. And I knew you'd come on, since as you said, you're a media whore. But the car, man <laughs> you you can, you can call yourself a media whore. But you're also, somebody called me a grinder yesterday, and I was like, that's an insult to people like Mark Carmen," Because Mark Carmen <laughs> is always out here grinding, doing the CHGO show. They're always doing shows. Every time I see the guy, he's doing a show. I know you're going to be at the, the Combine next week where I will see you, and we will hopefully get some more inside information on what's going down. First thing I want to ask you is, do you believe or think we will actually know a pretty precise direction for the Bears when we get together at the Combine next week, as
0: one report suggested.
1: I don't know if I buy it.
0: Yeah, I don't buy it either, Mark. I don't I don't think we'll know on Monday when we get down there, and I don't think we'll know Friday when we leave. I think there's a lot to be played out here. You know, the Bears obviously sitting down with Caleb, sitting down with Drake May, and figuring out the market for Justin. I mean, I think the Justin love in that front office is real, You know, I I think that they really appreciate the guy. I think that they even appreciate the talent, too. And they realize where they've, you know, not exactly set Justin up for success. Uh, But I also think they realize the opportunity they have. And, you know, everyone talks about the great trade that Ryan Paul's made. That trade wouldn't be as great, man, if Carolina had won some of the close games, that uh, they ended up losing because, you know, CJ Stroud looks like a hell of a player and the Bears are lucky to be sitting here with the number one pick, but they are sitting here with it. And, you know, we'll see if they do go all the way and take Caleb and, and take that swing. But I, I don't, to answer your question in a very long way, I don't think we're going to know by the end of the combine.
1: I don't think so either. I thought it was interesting and it felt a little dramatic and it made my heart skip just because this is what we do right now. But yeah, I'm not buying it right now. We'll, We'll get some clues and some hints and a little bit of insight next week, but I think that's the most. You just reminded me, given that answer, that you and I might have been the only ones, correct me if I'm wrong, who walked out of Hallis Hall the day of the, the big Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, everybody jammed into the interview room day. You and I were the only ones who thought it's not crazy to think that the Bears are still evaluating Justin Fields and they actually said enough during that press conference to make me wonder. I still think the chances are greater that he's not here, but I heard a lot. I heard a pathway to Justin Fields during that press conference, which I didn't expect to hear.
0: Yeah, and they when they keep on saying it, everyone's like, well, Kevin's just trying to up his trade value. I don't believe that. The, the, the NFL knows what they're willing to pay for Justin. What comes out of Kevin Warren's mouth is not going to matter. I don't think Kevin Warren is, you know, it, I, the guy's got an ego. He talks about two alpha males and him and Ryan Poles. But I don't think he thinks that when he speaks, he's going to... Up the value of what someone's going to pay for Justin Fields? Does that logically make any sense to anyone? I don't think it does. So, look, they like Justin. What's not to like? The guy's a first-class dude. He's done nothing but uh, represent the the franchise in a first-class manner. So, I, I think in their ideal way, they would keep him and win with him. Mm. But they, you know, but they have to make a bet here as to what's the best way they're going to win, and. I I think logic that everyone's talking about makes sense that it it seems like a better play to draft Caleb and and take the big swing. However, you know, Mark, when you talk to people, like if you had to bet who is a surefire hall of famer in this draft, the most consensus you're going to get is from Arvin Harrison. Most people think that that dude is the next Jerry, you know, Jerry Rice, whatever, Randy Moss, whoever you want to name T.O. And there's some, at least a little bit of hedging on Caleb, but, You know, a a very good quarterback is worth more than a Hall of Fame receiver, I guess. So which is why you another reason why you would take the swing. Check this out, Carm. I was talking,
1: I'll just tell you straight up who it was. I was because it was it happened live. Hub Arkish and I, we were doing a show together, and the publisher said that he thinks JJ McCarthy, Michigan, will end up being the best quarterback of the bunch
0: yeah i was driving when he said that and i have to you know i'm sitting in a new car today because i i the other one uh i mean i i hey, i appreciate that hub will take big swigs like that jj mccarthy who who looks about as big as me is better than caleb i you know i'm gonna doubt hub on this one but i heard him say it so and listen I talked to Nate Tice from the Athletic at, at uh, in Vegas, and he thinks that Drake May is the best quarterback. So you've got a bunch of outliers yeah. out there who are, you know, raising their hands saying, you know, hey, I, I, I know it's not popular, but this is what I think. And and kudos to him, man. Groupthink is exhausting. That's true. Uh, you know, God bless you for putting that out there and giving us a moment where Carmen Grody can 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 react to what I thought was a ridiculous comment. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe Hubble will be right.
1: Yeah, groupthink is exhausting. You are so right. If I could do it all over again, that would be the name of this podcast uh, instead of the Daily Score. Group talk is group talk is exhausting. That, that's right. Did I have it right? I I, I said groupthink. Groupthink. Group whatever. Groupthink is exhausting. It, I'm guilty. Uh, you know, I'm in on it. And so I, you know, I try to color outside of the lines a little bit, and uh, Lord knows you do, but that just reminded me to be better at it. The only issue I have with you here, Carm, in just the absolute poo-pooing of J.J. McCarthy and subsequently Hub Arkish, the only problem I have with that this is that it, this, you're the guy who's told us Tyson Bajant was it. <laughs>
0: I don't know if you could draw that direct line, but thank you for saying that. I did. Because
1: uh, they uh, seem similar well, to me. They seem similar. Both smart, heady quarterbacks who don't have really strong arms.
0: Well, yes. And 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 maybe J.J. could have had the incredible success that uh, Tyson had at Shepherd University. But, like, look, the guy, the dude handed the ball off a ton. He had to throw a ball eight times in a game. Uh, and I, I get the competitive spirit of JJ, and who the hell knows, you know, again, maybe Hub's right there, but that seems super tall. As for Tyson Bajan, Marco, and I appreciate you bringing him up, no, Let, I, I, look, I'm not saying that quarterback records mean a whole lot because it's a team game, but the fact of the matter is, the dude went 2-2, two and two. he beat out PJ whatever his name was, to, uh, <laughs> you know, that nobody saw that coming, the guy... I mean, he, he was given this to the Soldier Field crowd. It was one of the greater moments of the year. Bajant, sure, he got a little out over his skis and wasn't ready to win a game on the road for the Bears in hostile territory. But <laughs> I'm going to call that call a win by yours truly, buddy. I'm giving myself, I'm giving myself a passing grade on my Tyson Bajant takes this year.
1: I accept it. I accept your victory because only because you care so much and I don't care to do the the obvious research that would counter everything you just said because of the bad things about tyson vagin
0: hey it's listen there's guys like Jimmy Garoppolo out there who are looking for work that's true I'm not I'm not paying Garoppolo I'm sticking with the Bargain basement, Bajan, and, and betting on some serious <laughs> growth in year two, damn it. If we need to play, we need a backup to whoever's quarterback in this thing. Oh,
1: I want you to have that conversation with him in the locker room. Now, the bargain basement, Bajan, you're not going to endear him, yourself to him, Carm, if you keep saying stuff like that. I, you know, you're supporting
0: him, but then he hears that, and then you ruin all the goodwill. I, I mean, I'm just okay, let me say it nicer. Value Bajan, the V. There you go. Val, I, and hey, we. The last time they had open locker room this year, I, I the last guy I talked to was Tyson.
1: I think it, I remember that. I was like, yeah. why
0: is he bugging Bajan? Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, look. And he was, you know, I put down his, his phone. He was looking at tape. He said, what's up, Carm? You're my guy. I'm making that part up. But he did put down his phone and he talked to me. And I and listen, I'm I'm excited for the future of Tyson Bajan, damn it, if, even if no one else is.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, there's nothing like watching Mark Carmen work a locker room. It is absolutely (laughs) deluxe. And I just, I stand in awe. I even give him suggestions sometimes because I know certain directions that he'll go. Um, Carmio. Back on track a little bit. So I think, yeah, we kind of agree. I think we're very much in agreement on the Bears because I think we both understand what the value of Justin Fields could still be, but both would prefer and assume and think, and not assume, think the Bears would go with Caleb Williams. I think we're at the point now where we can start to think about that number nine overall pick in the first round as well. Do you have a position or even a guy that you are in love with at,
0: at the number nine pick? Or are you just like best available player? Uh, so, I uh, you know, I heard you doing your draft board the other day, Marco. and Thank I was you. Very- I was very impressed that you had gone down that? that road. I did a draft board. I, yeah, I was like, "Oh my god, Grody's on it. fire. He's going draft board." I did out the of thing. I, I did it. Yeah. I didn't know you had that in your whole system. So congr- <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> That's typical neat. Yeah. Uh, but look, I I I got two things. I got two ways of looking at nine. One, the most aggressive way is taking the nine and move and moving up to 3 or 4 and drafting mm-hmm. Marvin.
1: Mm. Whatever
0: it would take to do it, super mm. aggressive, a la the Cardinals, a la Will Anderson. Everybody gave mm. him shit for that. Can you swear on this podcast? I believe you can. Um, yes, you know yes. I, that to me, it'll be a little bit painful and over aggressive, and maybe the Bears aren't quite there where a one player like that puts you over the top. But there are so many people. I haven't heard anybody say a negative word about Marvin Harrison. <laughs> no. So if, no. if you can if you can get Junior in the fold. I, I think it's worth a big swing. The the other way is look, you, you need you need centers, you need interior offensive linemen. If you're if you're sitting there at nine and all the receivers are gone, um, you know, which Adunzi and and neighbors and and Marvin, and you're not necessarily wild about drafting a tight end like Brock Bowers, which would also be an interesting trade down candidate. I like that option. But I you know, if you can move into the twenties, recoup um you know some major draft capital and come out of here with, with a center um jpj jacks powers johnson the most popular name out there right now yeah i don't, i don't hate that play either uh because it just i think at 9 you know quarterback 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 receiver 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 i i i didn't mind your take either marco that look if the if the top defensive player is on the board at 9 I'm okay with the Bears going that direction. You need one more player who can get to the quarterback to make that defense elite. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with having an elite uh, defense. And then you then you go in the offseason and you try to – you know, you you got it. – you're going to free agent yourself, wide receivers. You're going to late-round pick, wide receivers. And hopefully for the first time, Ryan Pulse will get that right because that's a major gap in his resume right now.
1: Yeah, I definitely circled Dallas Turner, the – the big defensive end out of Alabama, 11 sacks last year, 15 tackles for loss, a couple of forced fumbles. And one of the, the experts that I had on, um, and this was, again, this was live on the score, said that it, if Will Anderson had not been in that draft last year, because there's a ton of talented defensive ends in last year's draft and that are thriving in the nfl quite frankly as well but he said that dallas turner would have been the top guy out of that group so that that's got me turned on a little bit it if the bears were to be at nine because i think that that's very plausible uh possibility that that's the thing man it's like they might be able to take whatever defensive player in the world they want to take at at nine like that's that's wild to think about and even tempting and i know you said you want to move up but just looking at that too hypothetically
0: right and i mean i don't think the polls is going to have the um the stomach for moving up from nine to three whatever that or nine to four whatever that would cost um but i it does feel painful to not come out of this draft with marvin harrison jr just like Uh, that like that that would be a level of excitement that we just haven't had. Johnny Morris is the all-time leading receiver in Bears history. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, like I mean, come on, hey, man. Carm.
1: Carm not, not only do people not remember Johnny Morris at all playing, and that includes you and I because we're not that old, um, people don't even remember Johnny Morris the broadcaster anymore. So.
0: Right, right. <laughs> That me and you step in and we loved channel two and Johnny and we loved him to the end of the earth in his relationship with Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Oh,
1: absolutely. Hey, give Mike. me a Howard Sudberry on the side too, man. Oh,
0: was there anything better than oh. you, had the, you you felt like you were losing Johnny, but to see Howard pop up, come on. <laughs> oh, there was yeah, nothing that, better. He had that microphone for the Mike Ditken show, man. Howard like was was a star back when you could still be a star on local TV. Let's let's go into the crowd. Howard, who are you with? Oh, so good. 11 a.m. on a Sunday. Oh,
1: man. Oh, it was so real. It was so real. And then 11.30 rolls around and there's Brent Musburger looking live at everybody.
0: Yep. You are looking live at Buccaneer Stadium with seven yeah. people in it. I loved it. I now, loved here's, it now
1: here's, it's, it's pretty funny. I got to let you go here in a second. But it's pretty funny how Back then, was it Jimmy the Greek they had on was like this creepy sort of like, what is he? Is he, is he a you know, degenerate gambler? Obviously, yes. And like there was just this sort of illegal vibe about him. And now it's everything like he was so ahead of the curve, Jimmy the Greek, that it's hilarious when you think of the way they sort of sort of pose that guy as this almost like a villain, even though he seemed like the nicest guy in the
0: world. Jimmy the Greek. The Greek, yes. <laughs> you, you couldn't get away with naming somebody that nowadays, but you did back then, and then and Jimmy had it going until he I, didn't.
1: Hey, if you're Greek and you're Jimmy and you want to be Jimmy the Greek, I think you could, you know, I, I'm not entitled to give him that nickname,
0: but I think, you know, if you want to be Jimmy the Greek, you could be Jimmy the Greek. I mean we're in Pappy territory right now. I feel like it's gonna be hug a Jew Day or Hug a Black Day. <laughs> oh no, we're not taking it there. No, no that's what we're we're in the general ballpark yeah, there, Marco. True. <laughs>
1: that's true. This is this is the score. So yeah, we're gonna have to check the Mitch meter once we get done with this puppy. Um, we are wrapping it up right now. It's Mark Carmen from CHGO who I got to let him go because he's probably got a show to do in about 10 minutes or something <laughs> like that. Cause you guys do, man, you guys do terrific work and I do make fun of you guys cause you're always doing shows, but that's awesome that you're always doing shows because that means things are going well. That's cool. Carmio.
0: I appreciate the promotion Marco. We're, uh, you know, trying to get a small piece of the pie, keep, a, keep the, keep the rig on the road over here. So th- thanks yeah. for having me and thanks for giving CHGO a shout out.
1: Thank you, Carm. There goes uh, Mark Carmen. You should follow him. Follow him right now at the Carm on Twitter. He's a hilarious follow. So, and he does wacky stuff for CHTO. And like I said, it will be at the Combine. And who knows, we may conspire on a couple of things when we're out there in Indy. Thanks to everybody for listening to this extended episode of The Daily Score. I'm Mark Grody. We'll talk to you shortly.